55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Oh, God, we love him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, baby. Here we go. On a Tuesday, live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get with Farm Bureau insurance in the state of Mississippi. Local agents in all 82 counties around the state. So, hey to everybody watching on the stream online, on Twitter, everybody watching on Facebook. I'll get Facebook pulled up here so we can take a look at your comments. Roger, I don't know what to think of yesterday's um, Facebook live stream of the show. What happened? Well, it had about, oh, 20,000 views on there and a whole bunch of comments. It's like it went crazy. And <laughs> it, um, I, I was trying to figure out, okay, is that because it is... Reaction Monday. I guess so. It's because it, it was, was Reaction the, Monday. Coaching hot seat day. <laughs> That's it. You know, somebody. The other thing though was, I was just. It was just basically. Maybe they're talking in the breaks. Well, maybe that was it. I don't think so though. <laughs> I don't think so. No, but there was this play on words, a pun, sort of, because it's the week of Halloween. So in the title for that stream yesterday, it said a scary Reaction Monday live in the studio, and I wonder if that. Word that descriptor that word scary is what pulled people in because by seeing the title they think that they're going to get some kind of big visceral reaction from me on the stream you know you or on the show hit, you may have hit on mm-hmm. the the secret to clickbaiting and that kind of thing clickbaiting you got picked up on the uh, algorithm Roger I think so it's the week of Halloween we use the word scary either that or it's like on some Boy, of the, were they disappointed. I'm telling you, were they disappointed? Uh, here? <laughs> so apparently 20,000 people watched that thing, got to the end of it, and went, what the heck was that? But was uh, like scary as this Joe Moorhead guy. I don't know what's going to happen to him. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you watch, um, you know, I see this, big clickbaity titles for the, sh- you know, big national shows on YouTube. All their YouTube videos uh, start with, like, shocked. Shannon Sharp is... You know, surprised in capital letters. <laughs> Twenty-five use... celebrities, you'll be shocked how they look today. <laughs> that and thing, of course, I click on it. I want to see the fat starlet. That gets you in. That'll pull you in there, won't it? All right, the, welcome in. Yeah, me and Roger, we're off to a fast start. Roger and I, me and Roger. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Matt and me. Yeah. If the homecoming queen were here, she would definitely correct me uh, right now. This at this very moment. All right, you can be a part of the show. Lots of different ways to to do that. I'm going to pose a question for you, and then I would like to know uh, an answer. 
I'd love to hear your feedback on this because it's something I want to talk about. And uh, so I'm going to pose the question right now, and then I'll tell you how to be a part of the show while you think about it. Roger, this applies to you, too. I'm coming to you. Uh Uh-oh, I've got to think. What are you motivated by? By what are you the most motivated? What in your life is a motivating factor? You know, some people might say, okay, well, a lot of people are motivated by money, meaning they'll get up off their rear end and get a whole lot done because they need money. But what do they need the money for? That's the real root. <clears throat> but I think if we, you're right, if we did, if we Security. dial it on down, yeah, that's it. If you really boil it down, what if I re- it really boil it down to this? There's two types of motivation fear and love. Love and fear. What are you most motivated by? You're most motivated by love. Are you most motivated by fear? All right, think of your answer. I want to change that first word. <laughs> Joy. Joy, okay. Or happiness. Yeah. As opposed, I mean, because, I just, of course, I don't want to ruin your whole bit. No, there. you're not. Joy or happiness. No, we'll talk about it. All right, so if you're listening, I'd love to know kind of what your response is to that. Uh, the Divinity Equipment phone line, 601-995-1059. 995 Five, nine. You could also text the show on the text line right there at um, 885-ESPN. If you need the number, it's 885-3776, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. And uh, you can check it out there also, You can, or you can text there. Now, you can also tweet me at Radio Wyatt. That's one way to do it. And, of course, I'm looking at comments on the on the stream, I got somebody on here on the text line real quick asking, um, hey, Matt, do you Facebook stream hour two? I've had a few days where we did not stream hour two on Facebook. We just did hour one, but we'll try to do two. Sometimes the, when you let your hair down. Well, but the fact is sometimes the battery goes out on the <laughs> <laughs> on the phone that we use for that. And it's just my fault. So Charger shortage over there. Yeah, that's right. We need more chargers. Uh, So we'll do that. Three Hump Camel says, I'd say there's three types, love, fear, and hate. See, but I would would even go really like uh, waxing philosophical on you, and I could even lump fear and hate together. I mean, it's really all kind of the same sort of thing sometimes. But, yeah, I get it. No, I'll tell you why I'm asking. And eventually it all boils down to bad, good. Bad or good? Right. The whole... Um, consequences and reinforcement for good or bad things that you do, right? So there's there's an act, there's an outcome, all that kind of stuff. So here's why I ask that. Here's why I bring it up to you today, and I'd like to know. We've got some texts coming in. What is your biggest motivator? Very cerebral. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I just think that. This is a big, big, big part of sports and big part of coaching. Nick on the text line says, what are you getting at, Dr. Phil? <laughs> well, you got to start yelling at us then. <laughs> right. Fear or love. 
Yeah, you know, with the little. That is good. Pretty good. Right off the cuff, not bad. That's my Dr. Phil impression. Uh, It's funny, uh, our family doctor's name is Phil. (laughs) And we call him Dr. Phil. Anyway, here's what I'm getting Phil McGroin. Love and fear. I want you to think about it from the standpoint of sports and coaching. I've told you the story about how a coach one time walked in a room he was a new coach for my high school team, brand new. He'd just been hired. And it has always stuck with me, the whole thing about raising your hand. Roger, you remember that? Oh, yeah. You said you were going to use it. He told everybody in the room, raise your hand as high as you can and hold it. And we all do this. Hold it up. And then he says, all right, now everybody here, raise your hand one more inch. And we all raised our hand one more inch. He said, okay, that's why I'm here. I am here to produce that and more of that. Basically is what he said. That's a good point. You didn't make you good or bad. It's just the way we're wired as people is in most things, most things we will do whatever it takes to A, fit in, and B, get by. (laughs) Just slip through so nobody mess with me. I'm going to do just enough to fit in and get by. And it's my job as a coach to, first of all, prove to you that you can do more than you will do on your own. As much as you think you're you, you working as hard as you can and you've run the last sprint you can run. It's my job as a coach to get more out of you. You can do more than you think you can. You can do more than you will do on your own. That's what I'm doing as a coach. And then it's also the job of the coach, I would add, to, to facilitate an atmosphere on the team where guys are constantly motivated to work harder, to get better, to do their job, to not let their job fall at the expense of the whole team, staying accountable to everybody. That seems like it'd be the hardest part of the job. Absolutely. Like the X's and O's, you got that. You know? Absolutely. That whole thing that people say chemistry and continuity – Roger, I was on an interview this morning with um, the guys on WJOX over in Birmingham. Cole Kubelik was asking the first question. Cole's a former player at Auburn. He's one of the guys on the SEC Network uh, games. And he said, in in the lead-up to his question, he said, Matt, I think one of the things that I see with this Mississippi State team is they've got all these different reasons, quarterback and suspensions and all this stuff, that have led to a lack of continuity and chemistry on that team. He's exactly right. Okay, so it's the coach's job to facilitate that also. But ultimately, this all boils down to a relationship on a team between the coach and the players where there is a constant motivation and connection between those two. The coach has to be a motivator. Now you, if you've listened to my show, you may be actually rolling your eyes a little bit and going, Matt, I've I've sat right here and watched you or, or listened to you talk about how you don't think these motivational speeches are worth a flip that coaches do and they're a waste of everybody's time and energy. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. In regards to those pregame speeches, those fire and brimstone halftime speeches and 
even post-game, let's give her a woohoo. Tell them to bring me my money. Those things are great for social media. I think they are for the purpose of recruiting and and impressing other people other than your own team. Now, there is something to be said for making sure that mentally you're fired up to run out of the tunnel. Okay, but to me, a coach motivating his team and having them ready to play has nothing to do with the speech 10 minutes before you go out there or in the minute and a half before you walk out of the halftime locker room. That's not what I'm talking about. Motivation is all about all the rest of the time that adds up in the offseason when no one's watching, in July when it's 105 degrees, okay? It, during the week of practice leading up to the game when it's Tuesday and you're out there, you don't even have full pads on, and it's sleeting and raining and you're getting ready to go play a game in Arkansas. You know, the, I've been through that kind of it. You're getting ready for a bowl game. It's two weeks before the game. You haven't even left campus yet. You're practicing twice a day, and every other student's at home with mama and daddy and Mima and Peepaw having chestnuts by an open fire. And you're on campus practicing for a bowl game and freezing cold. That's when a coach really earns his medal as a motivator. So how does a coach go about motivating his team and his players? It all boils down to either love or fear. How do you make them love you, man? Well, you pay them. No, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> What's better, <clears throat> love or fear? Yeah. What you have for your coach? You know, Roger, you were, you were afraid he was going to make you do that thing on the hill again. Uh, here's the here's the answer to to the question. And I played for a good coach on good teams. We had a little bit of both. We had the right mix of both. Okay? That's what I believe it takes for any coach on any team. Yeah, yeah. Roger, that's what it takes on any in any successful business. Right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, we, we, we love our boss around here. You love him, but at the same time... Yeah, oh, yeah, but he can mess you up. <laughs> yeah, you fear... You have a healthy fear, too, because, yeah. the, because he... You not only love him, but he has drawn a line, a very clear line, and said on these particular things, you can't, y'all can't cross these lines. You got it? Everybody goes, yeah. Because he says, if you cross this line, you, you, I'm probably going to send you home. And everybody knows we're clear on that. I believe you have to have, on any successful team, a mix of both. You've heard people say, man, that coach right there, I would run through a brick wall for him. I've said that about, you know, different people throughout my life. I tell you what, I'd line up and run through a wall for him. Other players would too. I'd fight my tail off for him every day of the week. Okay, because you, you, you love him. You have an appreciation and a connection. It's emotional. At the same time, you have a very healthy fear. Hey, where does respect come in? Well, what, fear is a, respect in, in this yeah, regard. Yeah, part of those. That you're right. Yeah, I don't think about it. Right? I mean, it's connected. Like making a cake. That's right. And, and you know, we could, in a lot of these conversations, Roger, we're talking about love and fear. We could use the word uh, respect in place of those in a lot of this conversation. If you, you have a certain level of respect. Okay, yes, it also goes for your teammates, but that's a little different. Staying accountable to the other guys. You, 
you love them, you don't want to let them down. Those are a little different. I just think from coach to team, there has to be that healthy mix. The truly successful teams, the ones that overachieve, there's a little bit of both. Um, You always see it. And if you take one of those, I think, out, there are a lot of teams that will perform up to a certain point sheerly out of fear. Where does desire to win factor in? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that intensity that Mullen was always talking about. Yeah, Mullen. Well, you know, I, I think, Roger, honestly, when you get to the level like, say, Division One college sports, everybody has a desire to win. They just, they're born with it. It's kind of why they're there. It's how they lasted and excelled through four years of high school football. What do you think, though, of people who've gone and for whatever reason, you don't know if it was you know, a personal thing or lack of leadership, but didn't do as well. Like, you know, a four-star prospect goes to play oh, basketball sure. at a state yeah. university and ends up, yeah. you know, not panning out. Yeah, anybody can get distracted. Anybody can be overrated. Um, those things can happen. Generally, they're there because they have that natural competitive fire. Some guys you know, become drug addicts, and that takes that competitive fire away. Um, but These are all distractions. You know, d- distractions, you that's you right. you got a baby mama problem. Yes. you got a, you d- know. Distractions. A mama water bill problem, you know. Yeah, and, you know, you have to deal with some of those things, too. But I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is you have to have a healthy – I think about it almost like, you know, a father. Like my dad growing up, my dad's a former athlete, and he was a leader – and still is a leader in my life. And, you know, I love my father. We have a father-son relationship, um, you know, second to none. And at the same time, while I always knew he's on my side, he's he wants what's best for me. He's my best friend. At the same time, always growing up, I had a healthy fear, too, where I knew, hey, there's certain things. If I do this, if I talk back, <laughs> if I smart mm. off, if I disobey – and sure enough, any time I did do it, I knew what was coming. And, buddy, I got it. One time, uh, you know, 10, 11 years old, Dad, can I ride my bike over to Scotty's house after school? Nope, not today. Got things to do. Okay. Got home from school, and what I do? Got on my bike, rode it to Scotty's house. I'd been there about 30 minutes. The phone rang. His mom came out and said, hey, your dad's on the phone. She said, you want to talk to him? I said, no, I'll just go home. I jumped on my bike and rode it home. And when I got to our house, the garage door was up. Our garage was more or less a shop. And he had tools in there, including a big table saw. I parked my bike. He says, go on inside. 10 or 11, I'm getting pretty tall. He says, go on inside. And as I'm inside waiting, I hear the table saw crank up. Uh-oh. And he's cutting something. Lumber. He's sawing a piece of lumber. <laughs> And then he comes in the house. <clears throat> He'd always whip me with his hand for the most part, you know, get a spanking. This one I'd gotten so much bigger. He says, all right, bend over the couch right there, bend over. And takes that little sawed-off piece of a, you know, two-before stud and pow, <laughs> once and pow <laughs> again. And I never forgot it. And that was the last time that he ever had to. 
deliver any corporal punishment to me because, A, I deserved it, and he told me not to do it. It was that kind of thing. And I knew it wasn't because he didn't love me. It's because he was my father, and he had told me how things were, and he was not going to go back on that because it was what's best for me. Look, uh, and I'm not going to get into something of whipping kids or not. I'm not getting into that. But what I'm saying is that same element, that could transfer or can transfer over to a team, a coach and his players. There is a healthy fear on that team. Hey, buddy, if we don't do this or if we pull some certain type of stunt, he's going to kill us. He may send us home, period. We may not have a scholarship. And you know it, and he's consistent with that. And at the same time, as long as you abide by the standards on the team, and live up to that, you're not going to have any problem because you love him and he loves you. Every team must have that. And if you're missing either of those, the love or the fear, you're going to have some problems. You're going to have times where you underachieve. you got to have both. I just had that on my mind this morning. Thought I'd go over that. We are just, Not directed at anybody in particular. No, not directed at anybody in particular. My daughter walked in the studio before the show, and she looked down at my notes, Roger, and she went, what is love and fear? What's that about? Oh, my. You've, got, said, a, <laughs> you've got quite a convo coming. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk about it later. It's about motivation. She said, what's that? I said, oh, we'll talk about it. So we'll okay. go over that. Just getting started with you here in the Farm Bureau studio on a Tuesday. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back. Here's your sign. <laughs> Oh, Foxworth. Well, he didn't do it. Was, was it Foxworth that did Here's Your Sign or was it Ingvall? Ingvall. Uh, yeah, that was Ingvall. Bill Ingvall. Here's your sign. Welcome in on a Tuesday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Um, lots of cool comments on Facebook about the whole motivation thing. Uh, and then one abnormal comment, Joey on Facebook, Roger, he typed in just one. Well, jo- no, a bunch of them, but Joey typed in Matt was the best QB of all time. But then, and then he has a laughing emoji. Hmm. See, See, like, so he knows it. He sarcastically says it because he knows it's not true. And then he puts a laughing emoji to rub a little salt in the wound there. Well, let me just tell you this, Joey. Well, you're completely fine with not being the best in the world ever, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm you totally kind of already knew that. Yeah, you? I kind of already knew that. So that's what I'm going to tell Joey is <laughs> you can't rain on my parade, Joey. I'm laughing with you. I promise it. I, I promise I am. It's, it's you know. It's hard to hurt somebody's feelings who has no feelings. No, I'm But kidding. you did get to be 
the QB for a D1 yeah, it was fun. School, the it was SEC. Fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. That's right. Okay. Uh, how about this? Somebody is um, – Lynn is he, – he, he put on Facebook, he's stuck in a door dock in West Memphis, Arkansas at lunchtime, but he's listening to the show and he's watching it on Facebook. That's pretty cool. That's <laughs> pretty cool. You never know where people are and how and where they're listening. Let me get over here to the uh, text line. There's a bunch of good stuff right here. Fluffy says, I'm with Matt. Fear breeds hate. I agree with that most times. You know, it's this very basic thing. This very basic instinct. The the fight or flight, right? Fight or flight. I think what an ugly thing hate is. It's such a basic thing. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's right. But that's true. You know, when you talk about hate, most of the time it's it begins with a little fear of something. Uh, let's see. Usually, of your own insufficiencies, maybe. Yeah, right. That's a that's a big part of it. The text line, unnamed texture, with the uh, meme here of Michael Scott from The Office when he said, "Would I rather be fear or loved? Easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me." <laughs> Uh, the writers of the office were brilliant. They really were. I want to love how much they're. I want them to love how much they're afraid of me. Yeah. Somebody texted in and said, "Fear of lack." Now think about that. You know, the fear of failure. I, I, I that is not something that has always motivated me. And I know people are different in that way. Well, that could be very basic, though. I mean, that could be fear of fear failure, of lack of food, of you know, lack well, of, yeah, of, yeah. Well, a fear of not being able to pay your bills. <laughs> Fear of sleeping out Some in the cold. Strangely, aren't afraid of that. <laughs> fear of being out on the, having to sleep under a bridge. You know, I mean, right. fear of having to look your family in the eye and say, "Hey, we have to leave, and I don't know where we're going." Okay, yeah, fear. Wow. There's a healthy fear. Um, fear of lack that helps you get your fanny out of bed and go to work in the morning. And not because you want to. So that's what I'm saying. Motivation could take on different forms, and a little of both is is pretty good. Fear of lack. I've heard people say fear of failure is something that really motivates them. and That's kind of a more complex tap. It is. And, Roger, I think that I just believe in my gut that people who say that, it's not actual failure that they are afraid of. It, it, that's usually rooted in you know, a, a self-esteem type of thing where it's really the fear of what people are going to think of you or how people are going to judge you or what they're going to say about you if you fail. It's not the actual failure that people are afraid of. So I haven't usually had those kind of issues, so I've never really been motivated by, you know, fear or fear, fear of failure. Now, I will say that I've had a lot of times in my life where the, the fear of missing an opportunity motivated me. <laughs> and... I've looked at it that way a lot of times, to a fault. Anyway, to get it kind of back on track, what I'm pointing to is, you know, we have we live in a world, I'm coming to the phone. I got John and Chris hanging on, I'm coming to you. But we live in a world, in a sports world here, where everybody is constantly trying to evaluate coaches from a distance. Constantly trying to watch a game on television and then get on Twitter and decide and tweet whether we should keep a coach or fire a coach. And it's happening all over the place. 
And the, the real Brian on the text line says, Matt, for the love of God, can we talk sports? Sure, Brian. You've got the text number, apparently. And I tell you the phone number about eight times a day. And the whole thing we're doing here for, what is it, half an hour of your life is talking about what we're motivated by, by in relation to sports. So, real Brian, thanks for the text. Open your ears and pay attention. Don't fear. We'll get back to sports. And it's, I just think that so often what happens is at a lot of places, coaches can do a really good job of a lot of the stuff that goes on that, that's part of running a program, whether it be strength and conditioning, whether it be defensive philosophy or offensive and X's and O's, even recruiting. But if there is any kind of lack in that motivational line, that constant line of motivation to your team, we can say all the right things, but you can't fool a team. It's just you got to have an atmosphere where you build it up in a combination of they love you and what will run through a wall for you and, frankly, a combination of they fear you. If they foul up, they are a little bit afraid of what's going to happen. As a coach, you just have to have that atmosphere on your team. John, on the Dominion yeah. Equipment phone. What's up, John? I got a quick question for you. Sort of a kind. I wanted your comment on it. I, 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 of course, I only played football through through high school and played with some really good players. But I know when we first started high school, those uh, and I'm and I'm aiming this towards the offensive line. So, uh, you know, those older, of course, they're bigger, stronger, faster, the older boys. But they had been doing this, this running this offense for three years. And we used to line up as the scrub team, you know, when practicing. And they knew, they had a high confidence in what they, they knew what to do, no matter how we lined up. And we would line up in crazy looking defenses. The coaches would line us up in crazy-looking formations to see what they would do, but mm-hmm. they knew they were so well-prepared no matter what we did. They always seemed to know what to do. Of course, they were older. They'd been doing it for three years, and we would constantly try to trick them. I wonder if sometimes on our offensive line, if we don't know what exactly to mm-hmm. do given any situation that causes hesitancy, and when you have hesitancy at this level, I mean, you're just, yeah. you're, you're fried. So you're I'll fine. hang up and listen. John, um, I, I think it's an intelligent thought to consider that stuff, John. And obviously you're talking from experience because you played high school ball and you know what it's like to see a good offensive line across from you. If we, You know, in regards to Mississippi State, they've had some issues and certainly have had some in the run game. My observation going back and watching the plays over and over again, they don't demonstrate an offensive line to me of one that doesn't know where to go and who to block. They've had some other issues, and a lot of times maybe they're they're getting there and not necessarily just moving people out of the way. There's an extra level of physicality and aggression that you have to have that State hasn't been able to have this year. Chris, you've been hanging on a while. I'm coming straight to you if you can stay with me. Through the break, next, in the Farm Bureau studio. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 
back on the show. On this Tuesday, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team and staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Chris on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Chris? I appreciate you hanging on. Ah, no problem, Matt. I always hang on. And if I don't hang on, it's because I lost service. It's not because I hung up. Got it. I have a question for you. Y'all have Martinez Rankin, right? The Chiefs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Traded there earlier this year. Okay, so my thing is this. We know that high school football players pay attention to a lot of things that probably really don't matter. But what I seen when I started watching the Chiefs game the other day is starting to kind of, like, bother me that some of these NFL players, when it comes up, like Martinez Rankin, he says where he's from in high school. He doesn't say Mississippi State. Is Is that this big thing with Joe Moorhead and the guys feeling like they're not welcome? If it is, Chris, I, I honestly wouldn't have any idea. I could speculate on it. I don't know what motivates someone to say their high school on their introduction versus their college. And I mean, you help you help me, Chris. Um, it's not something that really has resonated with me. I, I just I don't really care what they decide to do on it. Why should I care? Do you think it has an impact? Well, I think that I think that I mean, you know, we know that high school players and some of these big recruits are watching football games, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, if if they see Mississippi State, it kind of makes it it's like a, a recruiting pitch there. Hey, these old people are coming from Mississippi State. Well, if all of our guys are saying they're from their high school and not state, then mm-hmm. it takes some digging, and we know that this generation is kind of lazy and they don't really dig around and look. So that's why I was asking. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Sure. I don't. I don't. I don't see it as a huge problem. I just thought you might know something. No, and I don't really know as to. I, I don't. If there's some reason, I just have no idea. Right. And I heard about Jake Wimberly being a state fan and wearing an SMU jacket and all that <laughs> kind of stuff off Chris Brooks' show. Yeah. Actually, Chris told me today that he listens because he heard my call yesterday. <laughs> so um, that's good. I just um, I just. I just want to say to all bandwagon fans that are not true state fans, get off. We don't want you. We don't need you. You hear we that, don't Jake? Need people that We don't need people that are going to waver. You hear that, and, Jake? Um, get off the wagon, Jake. <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Hey, Matt, I don't know if you talked about this yesterday because the first time I heard about the bull in the ring thing was this morning. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, that's kind of crazy. What's what's going on here? I don't. Why? Here's what I think, Chris. What is it? I missed it. All right. So before the game, at the end of team warmups, before the game, Saturday, Joe Moorhead called all the team up. They got in a big circle and some big linemen got in there, put their hands down. They call it like, you know, Oklahoma drill, but it's really just one-on-one where two big guys see who can push the other one back. And they go, hoot, hoot, and boom, they hit each other, and here we go, and the whole team starts hooting and hollering. <laughs> and it's generally reserved for practice. Uh, but they did it before a game. And I just think, again, in the grand scheme, that doesn't make one difference in how you play. If they want to do that before the game, then have at it. If they don't, I just – it doesn't bother me one way or the other. 
Um, well, I think that. I think that. I mean, that's not what I knew bowling the rings. Bowling the rings where you put one guy there and you circle him up. That's and right. you start blowing whistles and everybody's charging that one person and you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's pulling the race. Hey, you know what but, we had in high I school, mean, Chris? You know what we had at Prattville High School for punishment? We had something called the meat line. <laughs> and listen, uh, if you got in trouble, <laughs> if you got in trouble, you had to start on the goal line, okay? And the coach, the coach took 10 of the best players, the biggest best players, and put them – on the yard lines, 10 yards apart, right in front of you. So you start on the goal line, and 10 yards away, you got to get a running start, and boom, somebody would hit you, and, and like the guy would just maul you. You got up, and there was another one, 10 yards more down the field. You had to go through 100 yards of the meat line. Every 10 yards, one of the best players on your team would ring your bell, <laughs> and that was your punishment. That's, that's hitting. Yeah. Hey, you know what we had for – you know what we had for punishment? What's that? We had a seven-man sled, uh-huh. and they put two on one end, and they put you on the other end, and you had to turn the clock. And if you didn't that dumb get it turned, you was going to be puking trying to push that sled. <laughs> That's right. You and didn't I, get to go home. You, y'all have a great day. Y'all have a great day. <laughs> All right. You See ya. Too. See ya. Chris, that's a good call right there. Got me thinking about the meat line. I hadn't thought about the meat line in I don't know how long. You wouldn't dream of doing that now with the well, injuries and all. Well, you wouldn't tell anybody. Concussion. You, you know. just wouldn't tell anybody, Roger. Just keep it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that works. All right. Yeah. No, it doesn't anymore, does it? It'd be on Twitter that night. Uh, Tiger, listening in Grenada, Mississippi, texted the show and said, The first and main thing that drives us is the need to be worthwhile, to be noticed or loved. Fear comes from losing that. That's smart. Stacy from Meridian. He says, what motivates me has changed over the years. At 52 years old, I recently became a foster dad and my 14-year-old son. Now, I'm motivated to love deeper, be more understanding of a past life. The responsibility to change the direction of a life motivates me to be an advocate for him, making him believe in himself and believing that he is loved and has self-worth and loved unconditionally. Love is above all. Hashtag fostering is awesome. Love. I appreciate your text. Say what, Roger? Love and serve others. Yeah. I've read this somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Haven't you? How about yeah. the Bible? In oh. uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, I forget the actual verses, but it's red letters in my Bible, so Jesus said it. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Um, he said, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you have loved one to another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. And he said it's a new commandment. I didn't say it. He said it. Kevin in Atlanta says, I heard a story about the 98 team going down to LSU. And when the team got home early Sunday morning, Joe Lee made the defense practice. And that defense going to be a number one defense the next season. Kevin, it, it we would have gotten home after the game. The way we traveled, I was on that team, and I remember the game. Yeah. We were a better team, but we just always had fits with LSU. We went to Baton Rouge, got, got whipped. And uh, it was a night game, but we would always travel back right after the game. So we flew back. You know, game's over. Even if it's late, you bust back to the airport, get on a plane, fly back in. And so it may have been one or two in the morning. When we got back, I would imagine the defense had to practice the next morning 
<laughs> um, on Sunday morning, like after sleeping. I don't remember them doing it as soon as we got back, but we would always get together on Sunday afternoons and have team meeting and then watch the film. So they might have had to be there early on Sunday and actually go out and practice. And if Joe Lee Dunn did that, I wouldn't be one bit surprised. Uh, the Madison Mailman says Matt would be retiring from the pros if he would have played tight end in college because of the size of his hands, I believe. Yeah, you know, I should have been something else besides a quarterback. Now, I'm thankful I enjoyed it. It was fun. But, man, the offensive lineman, I, going back, if I could do it over again, I would just eat and enjoy life and, and lift weights and just try to be an offensive lineman. Just play the game in obscurity. <laughs> Is I, I agree with David Cutcliffe that offensive linemen are the greatest people on the planet, and they always have the most fun. Rob in Bradenton, Florida, says, I have a fear of people seeing through me and revealing any possible character flaw. Hey, you know yourself very well, right? And that's why we, that's why we go to great lengths to impress other people because we really don't want them to see the real us. Uh, real Brian, let's just work on us too. By the um, way, that's, let's work on that. The real Brian said, "Matt, all I'm saying is that your morality perceptions are bleeding over into your program one on one. I would have no problem with that, but this is a radio show." And then he says, "You know what? Never mind. I will just not listen anymore." Well, in the words of Curly Bill on Tombstone, "Well, bye." Bulldog Barney says, I look at it this way. State's football woes is kind of like cutting your grass with a pair of preschool scissors. <laughs> it'll probably look like crap, but it'll get, you, get uh, you by until your mower gets fixed or you get a new one. He says, I'm going to wait on the repairs, i.e. new recruits, returning starters, non-suspended starters, red shirts. You get the idea. You know, that analogy is great. <clears throat> Imagine how hard it would be to mow your yard with preschool scissors. Uh, Hook on the text line says, Matt, tell that guy, a bunch of guys, tell their high school. <clears throat> well, I think, I think your text is all mixed up, Hook. If you look at it, I think you did one of the voice things where you tell the phone with the text, and by the time yeah. you hit send, it's way all out of whack. So, Hook, hook me up with the what you really meant in your text, and we'll get to it in an hour or two. This wraps up Hour 1 of today's show here on a Tuesday. Coming up in Hour 2, who's going to win, the Gators or the other Bulldogs from the SEC? Mullen versus Smart, their past matchups, who has the advantage? And back into that discussion about that one key position in Mississippi State's program that we mentioned yesterday. I got some more numbers for you that might you may find it interesting. It's about what positions each school sends to the pros the most. Let's do that in hour number two coming up. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.